0: Socially responsible investing involves the exclusion of certain securities for non-financial reasons. This may result in the investor foregoing some market opportunities that may have been available to those not subject to such criteria. There is no guarantee that any investment goal will be met.
1: Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith.
2: All right, welcome back to uh, Financial Flight Academy. And no guest today, Brent, because we are going to talk about a topic that is a hot one in the world of investing. ESG investing might be the hottest topic in the investment world right now. Absolutely. We get a
0: lot of questions from clients on ESG, what it is, uh, you know, what it's about, a lot of misconceptions. What it was, it.
2: what it will be. Right. Mm-hmm. Right,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And so not everybody's a fan. Uh, some people are huge fans. A lot of money is flowing into ESG type investments. The controversy really begins, though, when we break down those components of ESG environmental, social,
0: and governance. Right. Right? And
2: we're going to take a look at the good, the bad, the confusing parts of ESG investing today.
0: However, obviously, as advisors, we are tasked with putting our clients' interest first and foremost. Uh, when we consider investments here at Sorwell Strategy, we have to consider all relevant information. We want to you know, make sure we take risk into consideration. Uh, obviously, the object is to make sure clients are reaching their goals ultimately. So let's get into it, Brent. ESG
2: investing. Let's start with, well, how about the E? Let's start with the E, That's a good idea.
0: Yeah, great idea. So when we talk about environmental, we think about things like air quality, perhaps greenhouse gas emissions. And these are
2: the standards when we talk about investing, ESG investing. That's what it comes down to.
0: Correct. Yeah. Energy management, maybe wastewater management, uh, hazardous materials management, uh, important considerations. But there will be a cost of these things. Don't you worry?
2: Yeah. Well, there definitely is. Now, we've had an environmental protection agency since 1970. So but, but these things have really come to the forefront in the past when we evaluated investments or Mm -hmm. companies for investment, a lot of it was really just the, the numbers, right? You can put a value on a building and you could put a value on earnings, obviously. Mm -hmm. Sure. But now more and more people want or are looking for what, what kind of stewards are these companies of
0: things like the environment? Right. Or some of the causes I'm, passionate about it's that intangible factor now when it comes to how these businesses operate yes um and and john just the big headline was that norfolk southern derailment yeah the train derailment right. in ohio uh is that good for
2: a company like norfolk southern or exxon Mobil running aground with many many years ago and a huge oil spill you know obviously those are things that are going to hurt a stock price but you think about oil companies Mm -hmm. And when we talk about ESG investing, oil companies are not going to score well on the environmental side of things. And I think the problem a lot of people have, me included, we are not ready. We are very dependent on oil Mm -hmm. in our economy, the world economy. And there's no time within the next 10, 20, I would say 40 years and maybe beyond where we aren't going to have some
0: dependence on oil. Right. As much fun as it has been to test drive some of my friends' Teslas, <laughs> it's not efficient for me to buy one and drive from here to play golf in Arizona. Not efficient to do that yet. Right, it, unless you want to
2: stop for 30 minutes to charge. There's a great article in the Wall Street Journal years ago, maybe a year ago, about a, they just had a reporter take a trip in a, a an electric vehicle, mm-hmm. an EV, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and just describe what happened. And the, the headline came down to... Took a three day trip, spent more time waiting to charge my vehicle than sleeping.
1: Hmm.
2: So that, you know, we're just, we're just not quite there yet. And I don't think the energy grid, the electric grid, is ready for a full blown conversion to electric vehicles. And so that's just one aspect of it. It's not all about electric vehicles. But so I I think these are some of the problems that people have in it's great. It obviously we all like clean air. Correct. We all like clean water. I like it as much as the next person. I want my grandson, grandsons, grandsons um, to live in a clean
0: environment. Right. We're dependent on oil still. It's in the shirts we have on right now. It's in this table. Um, I, more it's probably than, on your shirt right, right? now. Well, it could be. But uh, <laughs> I, I love the fact that I can jump on Amazon and order something and it's here the next day. It takes oil to get that done.
2: It does. Yes. Uh, Until they get those uh, electric flying vehicles. And that brings up a whole other
0: topic. Yeah. Like parachuted in. Right. (laughs) Drone style. Yeah.
2: I don't know how close we are to the Jetsons, but I I kind of fear (laughs) vehicles flying
0: in the air all the time because I've seen people drive on the roads. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the S of ESG, which is social. And we talk about things like- And I think I think this is really where a lot of people have a problem with this,
2: with ESG investing is the social part of it. Because as I like to say, who's to say on some of these topics? Now, some of these topics, it's very easy to say- Right. Yeah, you ought to have, have a clean human rights record, right? Correct.
0: <laughs> so what are some of those other components, Brent, that go okay. into the social well, side of things? You mentioned human rights. We talk about customer privacy. We talk mm-hmm. about data security, access, affordability, um, customer overall welfare, uh, selling practices, right. product you, labeling. Right?
2: Is your customer number one? Right. Okay. Well, duh. Right. Well, <laughs> right. that that one's easy. Right. We, we we all would want that in a company we invest in.
0: And yes, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that read labels when they're you know looking at items in the grocery store. I'm one of those people. We have those you know regulations in place. Right. In a lot of areas. So, you know, it's not
2: that you can't improve on some of these areas, but, uh, you know, again, it goes back to more and more people 30 years ago, when you invested in a company, Mm -hmm. you maybe weren't so worried about, Hey, how do they treat their employees? Well, now I would make the argument that ultimately, if companies are not being good stewards of the environment, if they're not being good stewards of their employees Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've evolved a lot in this country on things like whether you like it or not, <laughs> family leave, mm-hmm. uh, medical leave, those sorts of things. Right. And I, I I personally think, you know, for the better. But, uh, you know, again, it comes down to I, I buy this particular brand of socks, Brent, and they I love these socks. I buy them because I like the socks. Now, they're known for giving away for every pair of socks that you buy, mm-hmm. they give away a pair of socks some to some charitable organization. That sounds great. It is great. It's not why I buy the socks though. Why do you buy the socks? Well, I like them. Oh. They feel good. There's not really a see Anyway, <laughs> not, not to get too deep in the weeds on why. So for some people, that's important why they might be a, mm-hmm. a consumer of those particular socks. For me, it's, hey, you make a good product. Right. I'm good with it. And if you're not making uh, children put them together in some foreign country, right, or here in America, right, uh, then I'm happy with it. But that's the other part of the social. You know, there's a lot of these, a lot of companies who get a very good score in ESG, mm-hmm. who really like to do business in, their, you know, some countries like maybe China, right, China or uh, other countries that where maybe they are using. Uh, child labor, slave labor, whatever you want to call it, uh, why are we
0: getting a good score there? And that's the question. Who's setting these standards? Who who, who are we supposed to be listening to? And, uh, and can we trust the people that we're supposed to be listening to?
2: Right. And it comes down, a lot of times it comes down to, I always go back to Milton Friedman. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a nerd when I have a favorite economist. <laughs> I, I get the emails from the daily. Yes. <laughs> the late Milton Friedman. Uh, You know, he said uh, famously, there is one and only one responsibility of business to use its resources and engage in activities designed to increase its profits so long as it stays within the rules of the game. Exactly, the rules of the game. Right, and that's where I would argue if you are not being a good steward of people's money or uh, treating your customers right, or polluting the environment routinely, you're not going to be in business for very long. Right. So, yes, w- when you talk about how we evaluate companies, we do need to take some of these things into consideration. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the social side, I would cite an example a couple of examples here, well, that are not particularly good. And, and and I just don't think companies should be in the business of taking political sides. And I don't care which side it is. I have my favorite side, but I don't want them to take my side in some of these issues either, right? Because it's not smart business to alienate
0: half of your potential clientele. And and isn't it interesting with that this, and I'm just going to say it, this Silicon Valley Bank thing that went down. Right. that so, do you touch on that a little so bit? So Silicon there.
2: Valley Bank, for those who don't know, California Bank uh, that <laughs> had a run on the bank. You think about a run on the bank, uh, you watch uh it's, it's a, a, wonderful, it's a wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart. Or Jimmy Stewart, Great you lady. know. I hey, I, I Mr. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, Mr. Potter. I loaned your Sam, I loaned your money to Jimmy over there so he could uh build whatever. You know, and that's what banks are supposed to do. They invest your capital and give you a smaller rate of return than what they get in interest, right? So Silicon Valley Bank, though. Uh, This is from a Wall Street Journal article, uh, editorial, by Kimberly Strassel, wonderful writer. Uh, And she points out that in recent years, those clients at Silicon Valley Bank skewed ever more in one direction. And I'm quoting from the article here. Quote, Silicon Valley Bank's website. We serve those creating positive environmental change, SVB's website brags. Noting that the bank worked with some 1,550 companies in the climate, technology, and sustainability sector. Most of these companies weren't filling some vital market need. Rather, as the Wall Street Journal reported, SVB was beloved for its willingness to offer banking services to startups that often weren't profitable, in some cases didn't have a product, and would otherwise have a hard time getting a line of credit or a loan from a larger bank. One tech entrepreneur, provided uh, law.com with a more scathing description of Silicon Valley Bank's products. Quote, they're basically subprime business loans. Where have we heard that subprime hmm. mortgages that brought on the uh, financial crisis in history, 2007, seven, eight, and nine? History doesn't repeat itself,
0: but it does often rhyme. It does rhyme, hmm. yes.
2: Uh, and continuing with the article, uh, about SVB's products, they're basically subprime business loans. As I said, you're talking about companies that have no credit profile, they're burning cash and are unlikely to raise the same type of capital because of interest rates. It was basically social credit. Now, what ultimately brought that bank down was (laughs) poor investing. They were investing in long-term bonds as the, as interest rates were coming down and had to sell them at a loss. Mm -hmm. But now, who's I can't, to blame I, on this? Now, I, so, yeah, there's I
0: regulators in
2: place. Regularly reviewing the investments of these banks. Did not do their job. They did not do their job. Uh, and it's so I can't prove this. I have personally think that perhaps because of all these uh, perceived socially good things that they were investing in, did someone look the other way? I don't know the answer to that question. But I think it is something worth exploring. And so that's what I'm talking about when it comes to how we look at companies that we use to invest, Mm -hmm. whether it's a mutual fund company, uh, companies that put together exchange-traded funds, et cetera, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I want to know, are you going to be good stewards of my client's capital? Correct. And... You and I have both been to events. We will not name the mutual fund company, where we all they could talk about was how great they were in this area of environmental and social,
0: and no talk of how they were doing with their investments. Right. No talk of, uh, you know, historical performance, no talk of how they vet their investments, what criteria they have. Side note we don't use them. so when we
2: come back the all exciting g in esg governance
0: hey sorry for the interruption i know you're listening to the podcast financial flight academy and we are so happy you're here if you have any questions please head over to Sorewellstrategies.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us we would love to hear from you
2: welcome back to financial flight academy Brent, uh ESG investing. We've covered the E. We cover the S. What's left? Uh the G? Very, very
0: good. All right. Let's talk about governance. We talk about items like human capital. Which so are... it, your employees. Right? right. Right. Labor practices with those employees. Uh family leave, brand loyalty, some of those examples. Uh employee... are your employees happy? Right. Health right? and safety of those employees. Um, what that business model and innovation looks like within that company. Uh, obviously, the leadership, which uh, stems down to business ethics, uh, competitive behavior, and then my favorite, the management of legal and regulatory environment. Yes. Ring the cash register.
2: <laughs> it does. It does. Does cost some money to remain compliant in all these areas, doesn't it?
0: It's going to cost money, and here's what the SEC commissioner says.
2: Securities and Exchange Commission.
0: Says about ESG reporting. It's going to cost $8.4 billion, that's with a B, in 2023, up from $2 billion. But the projections are that that's going to increase the public company's regulatory reporting from $2 billion. To 8.4 billion per year.
2: Yeah. So
0: now we're now that's now close to 6.4 billion more. Who's gonna pay for that? It's actually,
2: it's actually 6.4. Right. Well, so a lot of people will say, well, that's companies that pay for it. <laughs> well, companies don't have money unless you spend money with them. Mm-hmm. So it's you are paying for it. Absolutely. If you're if you're a uh, so is it is it good, is it bad? I'll let other people make that judgment. Right. But it's costly. And there's a lot of regulation already in business.
0: And as we do this podcast now, uh, inflation happens to be a hot topic. I hadn't heard. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> talk about it every hour. Absolutely. And so again, those costs are going to have to trickle down creating more expense for those products that we purchase from these companies. Right. So the
2: governance part of this is is I think the least Uh, controversial part of ESG investing. Mm -hmm. You want to know that the companies that you're investing in are are following the rules, that they're good stewards of your money, that they are treating their employees well, uh, those sorts of things, that they are ethical and
0: along with that profitable, right? So- uh, I think the big thing about this is just making sure that everybody understands and does their their research and due diligence. Just because some- agency comes out and says that this company is this or that, you have to make sure that you, you you do your homework. Right.
2: That's true. And, and, you know, a lot of people will statistics, we all know that statistics can sometimes be skewed mm-hmm. or bent into a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a recent continuing education event, uh, that covered this topic of ESG investing and, they were saying that, you know, during, at in 2020, ESG investing provided a hedge against the downturn in the market.
0: During the COVID year? Well, yeah. What was going on?
2: <laughs> what was happening? COVID. Mm-hmm. What weren't we doing? Driving. Cars. Flying. So energy stocks. Right. Yes. Energy stocks were not doing very well. Mm-hmm. So now you've had, it, since then. I think we've seen that absolutely turned on its head because Mm -hmm. energy stocks have done very well during this recovery. I don't think you can just say because this is an ESG investment, it's going to do better. Correct. And so you just have to, again, do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for here at Sorwell Strategies. We do that due diligence for you, not only at the investment level, but who our partners are that we're willing
0: to work with. And make no mistake, we have clients that talk to us and say, hey, I would prefer to not invest in this particular sector or this uh, particular company. And,
2: and I have an opposition to this particular, right. you know, I, I think of abortion immediately. I don't want to be uh, with companies uh, because I've had people request that. I don't want right. companies involved in the abortion uh, area, or I don't want companies. I have a client that we've specifically tried to eliminate as many uh, Oil energy companies as we can because because she just doesn't want to own those things and we're fine with that we can work with those absolutely things.
0: bottom line is we we want to hear your concerns and, and understand what's important to you and then make sure we can tailor that portfolio to to those those wants and needs so
2: that's the bottom line you know I I prefer to think of it let's not really try and think of this as ideological investing but let's think about it as smart investing and. Deter- you can define that, I guess, however you want to. But let's be smart about how we invest. Right. Uh, if somebody's dumping chemicals into the the river and the lake near you, probably not going to be around very long. And those are things that now, I think the good money managers have always looked at those things. Mm-hmm. Where is some legal risk with this particular company? Right. The greatest example there, you think about uh, tobacco companies, mm-hmm. right? They were going to get sued, uh, you've got some drug companies now that are, you know, they're getting sued over various things. So where is that risk? We have to evaluate for our investors where that risk comes from. So, I, you know, you can package these things in different terminology, but ideally good money managers
0: have been looking at
2: these right. things before it was labeled ESG.
0: And think about how those risks have escalated in a world now where you get instant feedback on social media and, and, and the news is, is really blaring now versus 30 years ago. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you just get bombarded with information.
2: Yes. Yes. And, and, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but it's contentious out there, Brent. Uh, people are not getting along very well. Sometimes. They're not. <laughs> so we try to make this a positive podcast and I don't know if we succeeded today. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is, we're going to put a portfolio together that's right for you here at Sorwell Strategies. So visit us at our website, soarwellstrategies.com, or give us a call, 531-867-3400.
0: Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next time on Financial Flight Academy.
1: Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at soarwealthstrategies.com. Or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.